Hello and welcome to Unabashed Book Snobbery, the podcast where we gush about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and inspect its insipid adaptation, Game of Thrones. This is where being a book snob is a good thing. And here with me is Julia. Hi, everyone. The two of us write for thefandamentals.com for fundamentally sound fandom analysis. And if you want to know what that means, you should visit it and check it out. Because yeah, it's kind of it's I, hard to explain. It's, it's, it's difficult to explain. It's difficult to explain. You're right. Now, here on this podcast, we focus, of course, on the shit show that is Game of Thrones and sometimes we talk about the books that it's based on, uh, not so much lately. And of course, right now we are in the middle of our retrospective project for season seven. What mm-hmm. are our retrospectives, Julia? Uh, our retrospectives is when we go back with a distance of some months and take the show plotline by plotline and kind of try to dive deep and consider it from like a narrative character thematic social critical perspective right it's super fun and what we do is that like julia and i rewatch the scene separately because we live Mm -hmm. in different countries and then we record a podcast the podcast you're about to listen to so that we can sort of uh allow our thoughts to coalesce and we understand kind of what we want to say a little bit then we write our analysis and in the analysis uh which we release before the podcast we will bring in like interviews from actors and D and D and their inside the episode features and stuff like that, and we just sort of mm-hmm. present it in a much more <laughs> coherent fashion. Coherent. <laughs> um, so what you're about to listen to, we're going, we're going to go back in time with a jump cut at some point. Is yeah. our uh, retrospective like conversation before our written yeah. retrospective. Now, the benefit of this is that Joy and I are recording this intro, you know, weeks, maybe even a month. No, like weeks out. <laughs> yeah. Because we're talking, we, there's a part where we talk about Oprah being president. So that was recent <laughs> when we recorded that. Oh my gosh. So I think a couple weeks. I still weeks. can't believe that happened. We don't I can't need- even with like so many things these days. <laughs> yeah. We don't need, we don't need to pick on that wound again. You'll hear plenty of it. But, <laughs> The reason that's a good thing is because Joy and I have gotten feedback to our mm-hmm. written retrospective since then, and we can kind of talk about some of that. I also want to say that, like, <laughs> I almost forgot the inside the episodes existed. Like, we wrote all yeah. our stuff together, and we were talking about it, and we, we were really just trying to make sense of what we saw on our screens, which I think there's a value to that. Um, I think so as well. But but then I was like, wait, you know what? We should actually like see what they have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, I was only like in the second draft. They were just like, yeah. right. So I watched <laughs> them all, like back to back, which is just so much 
Do you recommend Nothing. that? No. <laughs> the, I, like, the way they talk about Arya killing the phrase is like, well, last season she killed one man, and this season she killed more than one man in the season opener. So that's pretty serious. You're like, I mean, is it possible that it has to do more with HBO and its marketing department and its insistence on just being as beige as possible while pretending to be super edgy, or is it actually a problem with D&D? With Weiss, I kind of get the feeling that, like, he's really proud of what they do. With Benioff, I kind of get the feeling that he's just going through the motions and is a little more cynical. It's just like an edge. So I think it's, I think there's a problem with how they approach art you know because like all their comments about Sansa and Arya's uh tension whatever you want to describe uh, it as okay boiled down to like they really really were trying to get us to believe these sisters might kill each other so that then it would be surprising when they didn't like that they they were really 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 proud invested of that. in the surprise invested in the surprise and invested but my in- point my point is more that like i don't think the point of these inside the episodes is so much to provide actual insight well no you know the the point is uh, hbo wants to convey a certain kind of image of what they produce uh, yeah i think D would be just as happy not doing these sure yeah <laughs> but like um You'll hear something us, to consider, I suppose. You'll hear us like debating about um, Brienne, and and we kind of came to the conclusion that like uh, maybe it seemed like Arya was winning her over to her side, and that's why Sansa <laughs> wanted to like send her away. But no, Benioff and Weiss kind of confirmed that what was supposed to have happened was that Sansa watched the duel between the two of them yeah. and was like, "Oh, well, we no. knew that she had some kind of feeling watching that. We, we knew she had sure what it was. feeling, but the feeling was supposed to be, oh, Arya beat her.'" So now I have to protect Brienne because she would try to intercede and she'd get herself killed. So better that only I get killed and I send Brienne away, which actually like is in character for you yeah, know, Brittany. For Brittany, I, I mm-hmm. should say um, just very very quickly the fandom nicknames we use in this podcast and for full or spiel on all of them, you can listen to part one of this podcast too. But Sansa Stark's personality this year is Brittany Stark. Thank God, it's actually best. consistent. Yeah, and that's her best personality. But all what right. we tend to do is we tend to use the snarky nicknames in the recap and not so much in the analysis because we want the analysis to have a slightly more elevated tone than the recaps, <laughs> even though it's full of gifts. Yeah, yeah, but everything is full of gifts. No, and, and sometimes I feel like I, I don't think we can drop Cheryl and Larry though. I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's just who they are. Yeah, and that's Cersei and Jamie. Um, but then Arya's Arya Todd. We're unlikely to call her Arya Todd as we're recording because it's a mouthful. Uh, mm-hmm. Bran is Bran Bot. Sometimes we <laughs> slip into that because robots cannot love. Uh, Littlefinger is Batfinger because of an old fandom joke about teleportation and Christian Bale's Batman voice. I don't know. <laughs> it works. Winterfell is Winterhill, obviously. For obvious reasons, mm-hmm. yes. I really don't think you need to know many more players beyond that. We call John Johnny just because he's such an idiot. But... Damn you, Johnny. <laughs> Deadpan and Johnny. Deadboard. Uh, yeah, but you <laughs> you should be able to figure most out in context, but we do pretty consistently say Brittany, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I was like getting increasingly depressed as we were writing this retrospective not because i disliked the process of writing it i always like writing it with you but like oh thank you yeah what what story is this like it's just everyone (sighs) being horrible to britney that's assuming that britney's right 
Right. So one feedback we got, and I don't want to like repeat it verbatim, but we got this one reblog on Tumblr where the person was like talking about how our heads are so far up Sansa's ass and she's not an important character and we're purposely twisting what everyone else does when we describe it. So like, so basically they're accusing us of being Sansa partisans. Yes. <laughs> are we? Um, I mean, I'm trying to see the story any other way. And it's difficult. I mean, I suppose the easiest other person to see it from is John. But, like, mm. I mean, sorry, like, there's nothing, like, I just can't get to place mentally where I think that what the narrative has given him is in any way justified. But in Brittany's no. case, like, you know, like, she was taught how to be tough by rape, yes, but, like, there was an actual, like, progression towards a goal there, at least. With Johnny, he literally just, like, yeah, lost a battle, horrifying. and then he was made king. Yep. You know, like... <sighs> like, like the, using rape as the mm-hmm. moment and for we, we her character development saying, is disgusting, yeah. and not how anything should be written, but at least, like, like you said, at least it was a cause and effect as horrible as it is as not true to real life as I mean it is, that's what as, they were trying to do yeah. with like all that hard home stuff I guess and him getting stabbed but, but why was that not successful that. I guess he was dead he was mm. dead and that didn't even change his outlook well it made his like you know rise to the kingship even more remarkable all he ever did was swing his sword better and better each year. That's all he ever did. Um, but no, like, when you listen to the, uh, inside the episodes, it's pretty clear that Benioff and Weiss think Arya has as much point as Sansa. In fact, they even say something like, um, damn it, I erased the full quote, but it was something like, to the extent of, oh, you know, you could believe that Arya might, like, you know, turn on Sansa or that Sansa would, I think they said commit treason or no, no there's a word damn it regicide <laughs> no, no 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 it was a, like a conspire that she would conspire against Arya. yeah conspire so, to I, I'm, I'm not sure that's the right word in this context at all is the point not. but like but, they, they wanted it to be like oh she has her point and she has hers yeah i mean they managed to do that slightly successfully like with John and Sansa at the very beginning, only slightly successfully in my opinion, but like you can tell that like there was actual substance there. Mm-hmm. But like what we were saying before we started recording is that like it's almost as if Brittany in season six is believable as an extension of like the very end of season four. And it's I mean uh, Brittany seven. in season seven. Yeah. It's seasons five and six that are actually the problem. That's and when like, she's like first she gets stuck in this horrible rape revenge thing and then like her character is like some kind of bouncy bogle ball or whatever. And then and, and then in season six it was like, well, we can't have someone this competent around all the time or stuff would get done. So she yeah. just kind of like ping pong between these horrible personalities and then like to conclude that rape revenge, they just like, you know, gave her that like fist pumping smile. So Yeah, so it's 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 not like like Britney comes completely out of nowhere. It's well, just well, no, but that they center on this like disgusting little like cul-de-sac in the but middle. You just no, no, no. This is the whole thing though, because you were like, "Oh, rape was her teacher," but at least it was something as horrible as that is. No, like that's the thing. It wasn't her teacher. She was already this character at the end of season. Yeah, four. I know. So like, but like at least they had like some kind of like thing where she like struggles to earn 
like because their whole contrivance with the whole rape revenge plot is that this was her way to regain her home. That made no sense, but at least it was some kind of narrative direction for her, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was a plot. Where it was, was like Johnny. 70s, it's it's but- yeah, like with Johnny, it's just like I want to stop the White Walkers. I want to be Lord Commander. I want to like get warm. I want to get revenge. And then all of a sudden, hey, you're king, and you're just like. I think How my favorite that part is build? that he's king and he won't tell a lie and he won't he <laughs> well, won't give his allies castles if it strips people from their ancestral home. It's just like where did well, it might hurt their feelings. <laughs> like where did this guy come from? I don't know. He wants to be like Ned. That's why he's cosplayed as him. Anyway, I I understand. Mm. I I guess what you're trying to say too is like I do understand the criticism that like we're too harsh on john being qualified a little bit which like i don't think we are but i at least understand why it seems that way however when it comes to us saying that like we're being unfair to Arya's character by being 100 percent on sansa's side of this like i'm sorry no sansa threat Arya. Arya would not have been satisfied unless sansa cut off the heads of lord glover and lord royce like can you imagine? Which, like, how, like, how are we supposed, like, are we honestly supposed to think that that was a viable option? Right, like, can you imagine John coming back and being like, oh yeah, I'm glad I cut off the heads. Like, no. Mr. Mister, I won't punish the... I mean, but, but, and, and like, the whole thing, like, like, any reasonable person would not think that Arya is okay, <laughs> but the narrative seems to think she is, or not like... This is not healthy. No, but like I almost, I almost can't, I almost can't credit it with being that stupid that it thinks that Arya is okay. But I can't really think of any other conclusion because, like, the denouement is them standing on the battlements and like having reconciled, and nothing about Arya, like Arya was her perceptions were not challenged in any way, right? Unless you count the Ed Sheeran scene. Right. The only you know, thing like was, nothing about Arya was forced to change. The only one who was forced to change by the narrative was Sansa, and it became about her proving herself, and she proved exactly. Herself by- so that implies that Sansa <laughs> yeah. was in the wrong in some way, and that yeah. Arya, like, was not. Yeah. Well, you know what? We should let our listeners hear us suss it out the best sense <sighs> yeah. we made of it and that mm-hmm. perspective and where we came from. And then for our uh, more coherent conclusions, certainly leave, read the <laughs> retrospectives that I'm going to yes. link for you guys. Uh, after that, I'm assuming we're going to do... <sighs> I don't know if we're going to have a non-retrospective episode in this feed next or if we're going to have so little time in between our next episode that we just might as well go on with that for the podcast. I'll see what we can do. But yeah. uh, we're going to move on to a next pot- uh, retrospective and we should have one out for you in February if we can stick to our schedules, which lately life has been kicking us in the butt, but we'll see. Yeah, both of us. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do. Cause we I think we're like growing up or something. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, what's up with that, man? <laughs> All right, awkward time jump? Yeah, well, so we're going to be jumping into uh, the last podcast was the first four episodes of the season mm-hmm. so we're gonna pick up with episode five east watch like um now so bran is spending time in Visionland, and he's like flying with some ravens north of the wall and like the way that it's cut it makes it seem like the wall and winter hell are really close to each other but that's a minor detail and um so he's flying the ravens over to where the army of the dead is and then like shogun makes eye contact with the ravens and the ravens are scared 
Yeah, that was really strange. Yeah, so then he comes out of Visionland, and the maester is just kind of chilling there. And he's like, yo, maester, we gotta send ravens to everyone, telling them that the army of the dead is coming, even though didn't we already know that? Yeah, that was really weird, because, like, John knew that they were already basically at Eastwatch. Yeah. So, alright, whatever. Anyway, the next scene, just with no context, because you don't get any, like, you, uh, we're just watching plotline by plotline, right? Yeah. So, this scene, in a void, boom, it's just Santa sitting in, like, the hall of Winter Hell, and these northern lords, it's like Glover, and he's like, where's John? John's not here. <laughs> we made We made him our leader, but now we're thinking you should be our leader. And Santa's and then, like, no... And she's like, uh, and then Royce is like, you know, the Veil Lords came for you, milady. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And, and she's like, no, so- you chose Johnny. You made your bed. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, she, just, she just is like, thank you for your compliments, but John is our king. Yeah. And stop. And Arya's there like, Arr. Yeah. Arya's just like really mad. And so I'm in the suspicious. hallway, Sansa's like, I told John this would happen. If he, like, fucked off for no reason, he would have trouble maintaining the loyalty of these people that he fucked off from. Remember that time that Rob was known as the king who lost the North because of this exact thing? Mm-hmm. Well. Um, and, yeah, no, Sansa's, like, confiding in Arya, and she's talking about how, like, these northern lords are, like, stupid heads, and that she warned John. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, well... You oh the oh she walks into her chambers and yeah. she's like these are mother and father's chambers. Yeah, Arya's like these are yeah these are our parents' chambers and Sansa's like yeah I'm running the castle so I have the Lord's chambers. And then also, like, John had been sleeping in it before he left, but yeah. whatever. And then like Arya's like passive aggressively calls Sansa a snob because she likes nice things, like the Lord's chambers. I like uncomfortable beds and small rooms personally. <laughs> yeah. That materialistic bitch. And and Sansa's like, oh, okay, I'm doing stuff. And Arya's like, you should... I, she basically says that she should cut off Glover and Royce's heads. Yeah, because they're questioning John. And then she's just like, well, the only reason you're not cutting off their heads is because you're afraid that John might not come back. First of all, what? What? <laughs> and second of all, like, oh my god, poor Sansa and all these morons she has to deal with. Like, first she has to deal with the Northern Lords who are morons, and now she has to deal with Arya, who's just like, like, why would she have to defend preparing for the eventuality of Jon not coming back when it's clear he's walking into a trap? Because she's like, yeah, she she's also like, oh, you care about what they think, and Sansa's like, yeah, they have a lot of men. Yeah, like, yeah, so, that's literally yes, my job to care about what they think. I need to appease them. <laughs> And then, and then when she's like, John might not come back, she's like, how can you think a horrible thing? She's like, you're thinking it. Well, yes, Arya, you just brought it up. Yeah, We're all it's thinking it. Like she's it doing now. her job and she's trying to ensure that there's a peaceful succession if he gets himself stupidly killed because they're in the middle of a fucking war. Yeah. So she's suggesting that like the only thing preventing Sansa from cutting off the head of Lord Glover and Lord Royce for saying basically, John's an idiot and you'd be better. Because I'm sure he would love to come back and find out their heads were cut off. Yeah. Um, is that she serious, that she secretly is planning to rule once John is dead. So she decides to go on a fact finding mission, I guess. Yeah, a fact finding mission by stalking Littlefinger. Uh huh. Because she knows that Littlefinger has all the information about grain stores, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. 
story. I don't even know. Like, I'm sorry. What's her long play here? But, I have no um, idea why she chose this. I guess because she thinks that uh, Littlefinger and Sansa are allies. I guess. So he sees her like he sees she sees him. I'm sorry, paying a Winterhill worker, and then dirt, she just like seems. tells him, but she's really obviously telling him. <laughs> like he clearly knows she's there the whole time. <laughs> So then he gets this like secret scroll that someone said is from Maester Lewin's archives. Yeah, the, like the the Maester is all like, "Yeah, I found I found this one scroll in Maester Lewin's archives." Did Winterhell not burn down on the show? I can't even remember. Um, well, like when a castle burns down, I don't think you have to assume that like every bit of it has burnt down. Yeah, I guess that's and, true. And like if you're keeping but- like an archive, then maybe you take some precautions to save it from. <laughs> burning i guess but i'm more interested in how like this archive how they would found work because because they say that he's he basically made a copy of every single piece of mail so that's like thousands if not like tens of thousands of pieces of paper like how did it not take them Jesus years to find Christ. this scroll well maybe this is just what the maester has devoted his life to is like going through maester lewin's archives to find out how long the longest winter has been for the yeah. past hundred years. That, no, that's why he doesn't know he because hasn't finished going through the archive. Because he's busy going through mail. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> he's mail. found a mysterious scroll that he gives to Littlefinger, who makes sure that it's the only copy in existence. Well, and then he hides it in his bedroom, which is a lot nicer than Sansa's. Yeah, seriously. Like, so I guess he likes bigger. nice things too. And so Arya goes in and she finds it, and it's like cleverly hidden in his mattress. How she figures um, that out, I have no idea, but okay. And she unrolls it, and it is, I mean, they'll explain what it is verbally, but it's the note that uh, Sansa was forced to write under duress. She was forced by Cersei Back Joffrey to season. write to Rob and Kat to be like, please come and bend the knee, and, like, father will be let off, like, you know. Yeah, where she says, like, yeah, father's committed treason, please don't make any trouble and come bend the knee, and they're treating me great. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into that more later, but yeah. then th- th- this concludes with Arya leaving Littlefinger's chambers as Littlefinger watches from the shadows <laughs> and he smiles. Oh, so trailer worthy. <laughs> I have a gif of that. It's great. It's <laughs> never not great. So we go into the infamous episode, Beyond the Wall, oh episode six. The gumbo episode. There is like so much walking and talking. I had to fast forward through. Oh my God. But we get to. The slow clap scene. Oh, so, Julia, there's so much stark jello of extreme emotional significance. Oh my god. It, it op- the, yeah, this scene opens with some more stark cello. I really like the stark cello of extreme emotional significance, I gotta say. But it's kind of losing its edge now. So Arya's just standing up where Ned had been standing in season one when yeah, he was like in the first scene spot. we see. And, you know, Sansa like comes up to her and Arya's like, father used to stand here a lot. You probably didn't know because you were inside Nick. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is so bad. I'm so, um, I, why do D&D hate knitting so much? I have no idea. Um, I'm literally and, but she basically it's just. <laughs> yeah, but that. she's basically, she, she launches in this stupid fucking story about how, you know, Bran had finished his archery practice and left his bow out. Yeah, and this is also like a scene that you kind of really notice Maisie Williams' limitations as an actor. I'm not sure why. And I, I'm not sure, I, like. I feel like it's the direction and the writing, yeah. honestly. No, but just like, I'm not sure how you can really 
do a scene like this well, but just I was very aware of like that's Maisie Williams, not Arya Stark. They need to stop writing monologues because they can't. Mm. So they should just not. But so she talks about how, you know, there is one arrow in the target and she had to go up to the target every time and she shot the arrow maybe 20 times, maybe 50 times. Who and knows? she finally hit a bullseye and then Ned slow clapped for her. Because he loves her so much. And Sansa's just smiling like, oh, this is a nice story. Yeah. And then Arya's like, and now he's dead because of you. <laughs> oh, that's your turn. <laughs> Like, with your help. And she's like, "Uh, what? Yeah, so she takes up the scroll and stops to mention how pretty Sansa's handwriting is because that's a bad thing. And Septa Mordain used to, like, beat her for not having as good of handwriting. Yeah, Septa Mordain was problematic. I could see her wrapping knuckles. Yeah. I don't think it would be anything too traumatic, but, I mean, she was, she was a, the whole Septa system is a little problematic, dude. Yeah, it's a tad. Yeah, but, um... Yeah, so Sansa's like, oh, this. Le- I was forced to write this letter. Yeah. And she's like, were you forced? Because did they have a knife at your throat? Because I wouldn't, I would have let them kill me. Um, because obviously it's, it's not duress unless there's physical weaponry. Yeah, obviously. And she was like an 11 year old in a room with like Littlefinger and Cersei all telling them like, this will save Ned. Like, yeah. oh my god. So then she's like, I really thought this would save father. And Arya goes, and you were stupid enough to believe it. Yeah. And then she like compares her unfavorably to Lyanna Mormont, who definitely wouldn't do that kind of thing. It's, just, like, it's, a, weird, well, it's a weird scene. Well, no, because basically she says, like, do you think the Northern Lords will see it this way? Yeah. Like, you think little Lyanna Mormont, she's she's even younger than you were. This was actually a good point on Arya's part. Do you think she's going to view it the same way, like you were forced to or you didn't know any better? Do you think she'll accept that? And, like, I actually think that's a good point because fucking Lyanna Mormont's such a misogynist <laughs> she'd probably be like i knew better and i'm a 10 year old gal you know if, if you're raped that the human body has ways of preventing pregnancy no seriously she's <laughs> she is, didn't someone say she's the closest we have to like actual cersei lannister <laughs> i think i said that actually i, I think we said at one point that she's the closest we have to actual ariane martel too so <laughs> and sansa's like she's a very versatile character Sansa's, like, getting really upset by this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if she's getting upset because she actually, like... I mean, obviously she regrets that she wrote mm-hmm. this, but at the same time, she didn't have... She literally didn't and have she's, a choice. she's terrified of not being able to control the Northern Lords. Right, and she's not... Like, they are stupid heads, <laughs> and they are... They do flip-flop, so they probably would believe something like this. So she she seems to be getting, like, really pissed and a little bit scared, honestly. And then she basically tries to start measuring the size of her trauma against Arya's. Yeah. And it's weird. And like Sansa's like, you can't imagine what I've been through. And she's like, I don't know. I can imagine quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, cause what Sansa says too is like, how dare you say I betrayed anyone? You yeah. should be on your knees thanking me. I'm the reason we're here. No, like seriously, I did everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Joya just wrote, seriously, this is the most innocuous diplomatic re- letter clearly written under duress ever. Yeah. To the point where, like, we I mean, the Northern Robin Lords are really react- dumb, but, like, I can't we imagine Robin Cashnell Cat- being persuaded by this. No, and in the show, we see Rob and Cat react to it, and they're like, oh, that's obviously Cersei making this. <laughs> but we have to make sure to disinherit her. Oh, those two. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So just kind of the scene ends with Arya being like, well, I might 
oh, she says, like, what are you going to do with it? And she's like, oh, you're so concerned what I'm going to do with it. And, and Sansa's is like, yeah, yeah, I am <laughs> trying to run a kingdom here. And Arya basically implies that she's just going to, like, tell the Northern Lords yeah. and then she'll probably be murdered or something. And then so, Sansa, wait, of her it, own free will, goes to Baffinger for advice. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Littlefinger, he lies to her about not knowing where Arya gets the letter. So that's important to note, I suppose. And she's just like, 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 I have no idea how the, how the fuck this happened. Like, what the hell? And she points out that she hasn't heard from John in weeks. Yeah, yeah. She's like John. I haven't heard from John in weeks, and these these northern lords are bloody wind vanes. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I was I was going back. I just I just want to like reiterate uh-huh. that Arya threatens to show the northern lords this letter. Yeah, and Sansa says you're angry. Like, don't do stupid things. And she's like, well, you're afraid. I'll go with anger over fear. So basically, Arya is saying like, I'm gonna show them. <laughs> yeah. So. Littlefinger, not stupidly, is like, she unearthed this letter for a reason. Um, I don't know how she got it. And then. That's a lie. Uh, that, of course it's a lie. Yeah. And then, uh, he asks, like, do you really think Arya would betray you? She's your sister. And Sansa's like, yeah, if she believes I'd betray John, yeah. Also, she's crazy now. <laughs> so, so then Littlefinger definitely is like, well, Lady Brienne would be duty bound to intercede. She's sworn to protect both of you. And this makes sense to get this like really upset look on her face. And I don't really fully understand why. No, because it's been seated that she's concerned that Brienne is buddy buddy with Arya now. That's really what it comes down to? Yeah. Okay, because, like, why would... Whatever. All right, fine. No, no, why what? I was going to say, like, Arya would obviously just, like, do whatever the fuck she's going to do to Sansa without Lady... Like, what's Lady yeah, Brienne going to do if Arya comes to the Northern Lords with Yeah, but Arya instead of protecting Sansa. That's what she's afraid of. So is she more afraid of Brienne or Arya? Because, like, just floating at Brienne doesn't solve the Arya problem either. She could go to Brienne with these concerns, you know? Yeah, she's like, I like, think that's hey. what Littlefinger's supposed to be suggesting, that she go to Brienne and, like, Brienne would, like, talk to Arya. Um, no, because I think Littlefinger's trying to isolate her from Brienne. She's trying to isolate her from Brienne and from Arya. That's clearly what he's trying to do. He's trying to, like, he's, okay. he's like, being a classic abuser, basically. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah I so mean, his, his motives are kind of clear in this. It's just everybody else. Okay. <laughs> I, I just feel like, I just feel like... Uh, separate of Littlefinger, Sansa could have reasonably gone to Brienne in this situation and been like, here's what I'm worried about. And Brienne would be like, yeah, I hear you. I'm worried too. Because like, Brienne is, seems like a reasonable actor who's pretty committed to Sansa. She like went to River Run for her, you know? Yeah, but she's like, but it's all about her vow and she vowed to protect her as well. That's true. All right. It's it's not stupid. I just think yeah. it's like stupid in a larger sense. <laughs> anyway, um, so Sansa gets invited to go to the White Moot for some reason. <laughs> conveniently at this moment um i don't know why because john is the king of the north so he wants like someone else representing the north maybe he invited her i mean she is important and she is at all the meetings it's just like it seems kind of rando well because later she's gonna complain about he didn't how he didn't consult her about anything so maybe this was like him trying to consult her yeah Yeah. or maybe he's trying to like impress danny by being like see i listen to women (laughs) (laughs) i'm so feminist you should date me (laughs) So yeah, Sansa like tells Brienne, "Can you go in my stead?" Because she's like an actual reasonable person who understands what emissaries are. And Brienne is like really 
upset by this and she's like i think you need protection she's like i have all these guards and then she's like well can i leave pod behind he's a capable fighter now um and she yells at brienne for suggesting this and and for like suggesting that she needs to be protected even though she just said that she's protected by all these guards but okay the guards who like are inept at letting like random people disappear her yelling at Brienne reminds me of throwing rocks at Nymeria. She's clearly not happy about doing it, but if she's genuinely suspicious that Brienne, like, wants to side with Arya and she doesn't want any pieces left, then I guess I get why she'd be so reactive to this suggestion-ish. Yeah, but I'm just having trouble buying this whole idea that she's worried about Brienne's loyalty. Or Pod? Yeah. Didn't Pod used to like her? Yeah, well, Pod was there while she was married to Tyrion, right? Mm -hmm. So he's been around her longer than Brienne has. So she, like, goes back with these people quite a ways. I don't know. I'm having trouble buying any of this. Yeah. But, like, it's clearly, like, the whole, like, Brienne thing isn't coming out of nowhere. But, like, it's, it's, its function within the plot is a little transparent as well. Yeah, it's just, and, and then, like, her yelling at her for suggesting Pod stays behind this, that read very false to me. Um, I don't think, you're writing that we're supposed to think she's sending Brienne away so that she can harm Arya. I don't think we were supposed to think that at all. No, I think we're supposed, like, the audience is being, like, led down this garden path where we think that Sansa is making a move against Arya. I didn't think that at all. I thought that? it was just, like, no, I thought it was a self I think, like, like re freaked out. The season, I definitely think that. Uh, the only thing I thought when I was watching it the first time around was she's trying to protect Brienne. I just couldn't figure out why. <sighs> Julia, <laughs> the next scene. I think we should just move on from this Brienne point. Uh, well, you don't want to harp on and walk and talk in circles for three hours? I do not because I really want to talk about the <laughs> Carol Award winner for props. This is so special. Oh my god. So, okay. So many reasons why this is special. The next scene, Sansa mm-hmm. is searching through Arya's room, ostensibly to find the letter again, right? That's One assumes I- that she wants to find the letter. Like, but surely Arya would have it on her person. So she's searching everywhere and mm-hmm. under Arya's bed or in some stupidly obvious place, she finds a modern, like, I'm ready to go to Starbucks and get some work done leather mm-hmm. messenger bag. Yeah. But instead of a laptop. <laughs> There's some Halloween masks from the dollar store. (laughs) Like you can tell that it's supposed to be felt for the Mm -hmm. one. And I don't know who the other. You're right. They're high quality Halloween masks from the special Halloween store. Oh my God. I showed it to Griffin and he actually couldn't believe that this was on Game of Thrones. (laughs) He's like, isn't this like a really high production value show? No, it's just like, like, they've taken the concept of the whole, like, face-changing thing from the source material and kind of just, like, reduced it to its most, like, kind of consumable form. I mean, it is a mask. Like, like oh, they're magical Halloween masks <laughs> that make just you like, taller and change your voice, I guess. Just like from Goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, Arya's in the background with this stupid fucking smirk on her face going... <sighs> Not what you're looking for. No, it's it, it's a like people who think that she was actually the asshole have a point. Based. By the asshole, we mean the wave. But yes, yeah, they the definitely asshole. have a point because she has all her mannerisms. And well, because they're both no one. It's Sansa's like, a like theme. you know, rightfully horrified and terrified, and she's like, yeah. "What?" And Sophie Turner can emote. 
And Arya's like, they're my masks. Yeah. (laughs) This is where she says that she trained to be a faceless man, right? Yes. And then Sansa says, like, what's that? And Arya (laughs) says, it's difficult to explain. (laughs) No, she doesn't actually say that, but she basically dodges the question the same way. And then she tells her that she wants to play the game of faces with her. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, the first question she asks her, like, without any kind of warm-up questions to like calibrate the lie detector machine is like do you think that someone would be better at john's job than john i'm sorry but like my cat would be better as well, king of the north is the prince of dorne that's true he he, he understands the rule. personal and political exactly <laughs> so i don't think that's a fair comparison yeah that's a good point but no so there obviously this baby at my job today really cute baby the baby would do a better job well, okay, so Sansa obviously knows that not only would she be a better ruler, but literally anyone would be a better ruler. So she can't answer this question, because if she lies, then she loses, and God knows what losing means. So instead, so she circles back to the whole, you're carrying around the faces of dead people in your message. She's like, where did you get these? (laughs) So then Arya eventually launches into this weird spiel about how ever since they were little girls, they both wanted to be other people, because Sansa wanted to be the queen and Arya wanted to be a knight, but like, no, Sansa wanted to be Sansa. Yeah. Like, she, and like, being the queen was entirely like within the realm of possibility for her. It's perfectly yeah, like, plausible. Remember when she was betrothed to a prince? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but so Arya then says like, little girls don't get to choose what they are in this world, which, uh, okay, like, yes, yeah. that's tr- true. I mean, like, and, you can see that, like, that, that's an attempt at a theme. And like, like, you know, Sansa's- For Arya's entire arc, really. Right, Sansa becoming queen is is also her being groomed, that's not without problems, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, then Arya begins to talk about how it's, I guess, feminist for her to cut off other people's face and and wear it, because, you know, she can break down those boundaries by being Walder Frey if she wants to for two weeks. (laughs) And then, um, how do I put this? (laughs) She grabs a knife, like, the she's dagger. cutting knife or something. Yeah. Oh, it's her dagger? It's a special dagger? Oh. Uh-huh. Well, she Maybe. grabs it from the desk and is all like, I can even be you if I want, because you're so pretty and you have pretty dresses. And then Sansa looks like she's about to cry, and yeah. then she just flips the knife back and hands it to her and leaves the room. So, uh, just to really... If I was really know- being really, really generous... I would say that this is because she holds Sansa responsible for as much death as she feels herself responsible for. That's why she gives her the dagger, because she's also a killer, just like Arya. Okay. <laughs> what do I you mean, think of that? I just really want to highlight that this is Arya threatening to cut off her sister's face and wear it. Mm. Like, I just, I feel like that can't be overstated enough. Yeah. That That is what she did. She, yeah. She threatened to cut off Sansa's face and wear it. Yep. Well, then she gets to be queen in the North, I guess. With pretty dresses. Mm-hmm. All right. That brings us to the final episode. <laughs> Boy, we, like, there's so nothing in this plotline, and yet we've been talking for well over an hour and a half. Remember last year when we talked for an hour and a half about, like, three Dornish scenes? 
<laughs> so the final episode is, of course, called The Dragon and the Wolf. Yeah, and first we it's have to sit through literally 40 minutes of bullshit that ends up having absolutely no effect on the plot at all. Oh my god, I was trying to just, like, fast forward to the first Winterfell scene, I'm like, oh, this is still happening. Still oh, happening. wow, they're still, still in happening. the pit. Now, now Cersei's talking to Tyrion, okay. <laughs> and, god. I don't know, we'll get to this, I guess, when we get to that plot line. But absolutely nothing changes after those 40 minutes. You know, because Cheryl was lying to everyone about everything. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, yeah. outside of Winterfell, <laughs> Winterhell, it is finally winter. And yeah, it's, it looks like actually quite a serious blizzard. John wrote Sansa a letter. <laughs> <laughs> this is like was, breaking up with someone through text. <laughs> that was like... Breaking up with the North. <laughs> by the way, uh, yeah. I bent the knee, so we're not the free and independent kingdom of the North anymore. My bad. Yeah. Um, and Sansa's like venting to Littlefinger about this, right? Because she's really into asking his advice. Right. Um, and Littlefinger is like, well, she, like Sansa's like rightfully pissed. She's like, he didn't even talk to anyone about this, which is yeah. like a very good point. And Littlefinger's like, no, no, maybe he, he, he got like his letter where he asked your advice got lost in the mail. She's like, no. Yeah. And then he starts being like, well, you know, he's a hot young guy and she's a hot young girl. They're probably want to be on married. A boat. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's kind of shipping Jonaris, but yeah. uh he also brings up a good point that this is obviously a good political marriage. Like mm. it's a, this is kind of and political alliance 101. No. <laughs> um and they do need the dragons and stuff, but you know, Sansa is also right in that he just kind of like fucked off from his job and then mm-hmm. gave it up. And she's <laughs> going to have to deal with all the consequences. Um, so then Littlefinger's like, oh, well, he could be set aside. And I don't know if we're supposed to see Sansa as tempted, but she just is like, even if I wanted to, I yeah. couldn't because Arya would literally cut off my face. I mean, can we talk about how kind of slightly dumb and disservice it is to her character that that's her primary reason for not jumping at that? I mean, she said, even if I want to, I guess the yeah. best I can write this off is, is that she's still traumatized by her sister threatening to cut off her face and wear it. That That's a good point. But like, like that would be the first thing she says. Like, wouldn't it be like... Like, dude, that would be fresh on my mind if my sister yeah. did that to me. I live with her I right mean, now. I mean, the Lord's did she kind threatened... of offer her the job. <laughs> no, like, I live, with, I live with my sister right now. And if she threatened to, like, I don't know, turn the heat up to an uncomfortable temperature I didn't like, I'd be thinking about it at night. Like, what did I do wrong? This is, this is slightly more aggravated than that. Anyway, right. so Littlefinger has <laughs> the motive game. Yeah, well, yeah, he's just like, oh, so your sister is, like, threatening to kill you, huh? How interesting. Let's play this game. What could you, oh like, possibly want? <laughs> he, what I like to do is pretend that my person is acting with the worst motive possible and then I see how well that explains his actions. Yeah, so let's play uh, very alarmism barbosa. and confirmation bias, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he, he's like, what could Arya have done in un- by unearthing that letter? And Which is like kind of clever of him to say. But um, Yeah, he does lie to her and says that he has no idea where she got the letter. Yeah, and, and he suggests that she's the one who unearthed it. Like, like I said, that's that's not bad. But Sansa kind of is like the worst thing. The worst motive she could have is that she wants to kill me. Why did she do this so that she could kill me and get away with it? And but you know, she goes back through, and then um, we're clearly supposed to think that 
she is legitimately scared by mm-hmm. this conclusion and that therefore she knows she needs to take care of the situation. Yeah. And, in, and not in a kind of like, I want to kill her way and like, I have to kill her way. Like, because okay, the thing about me. this scene that gets me is that <laughs> if the plot line was actually about how Sansa has to make this difficult decision to kill her sister who has gone crazy, this scene would work really, really, really well. Yep. It would be yep. perfect. <laughs> yep. I mean, we'd still be like, oh my gosh, what's up with Littlefinger? But like, in terms of like Sansa coming to this like realization that this is what she has to do. This is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Born out of the narrative itself. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly because is. of that time when Arya went, hey, I could kill you. And, and wear your face. You. Yeah. Can literally wear your skin and prance around in it. Oh, and yeah. and the honeypot for that is still oh, there were that was to punk Littlefinger. Yeah, ha- interesting that a conversation with him not in the room was so that he would believe they wanted to kill each other. Like, like oh, what is that just to make the bait and switch more dramatically satisfying to him? Why are they doing that? Well, they care about dramatic satisfaction, and there's one person in this little conspiracy who definitely his main priority is dramatic satisfaction for the audience. <laughs> that's Bran. That's, that's what. Bran. That's what. That's what being the three-eyed crow means. It means that you're in charge of or the three-eyed raven. It means you're in charge of dramatic satisfaction. Yes, and, and delaying, dramatically withholding, delaying information you have no reason to withhold until the right moment. Honestly, didn't we kind of decide that's what it means? Like you read the scripts ahead of time and you yeah. know what it's going <laughs> to be the punchiest. That's why he went to the tower. That's why he yeah. went to the tower, like. To the tower random like then he decided that when he's about to run for his life he's gonna go see the whole movie about hodor yeah dramatic mm-hmm. satisfaction yes mm-hmm. anyway so then we have a quick scene of our of sansa in a hood mm-hmm. uh outside like walking among the bannermints and that like she she likes her vistas she does she's thinking about shit kylie okay she's she's, she's being thinking pensive. about she's, she's a leader she thinks things through and she like takes a deep breath and tells mm-hmm. a guard have my sister brought to the Great Hall. Dun, dun, dun. Which leads to Julia's favorite scene in this entire plotline. <laughs> I, I, I don't see, like, oh, is there another scene that's your favorite? The most of your back of faces. Okay. I, I, I don't see how that, that even compares to this. Like, we could, we could literally talk for hours about the scene. Like, hours. This trial scene? It's so bad. Okay, so first of all, Arya... Spoilers, guys. Arya is not on trial, so Sansa's asking a guard to bring Arya, and then like Arya being front and center, it's only going to make all the Northern Lords think that Arya's on trial. I think maybe this was supposed to be for Littlefinger's benefit, so he wouldn't like have the chance to prepare for it in any way. You know, okay, like, maybe do some behind the scenes stuff to get the Vale Lords on his side again, or something like that. I mean that that you can't explain away. You can't explain the messenger bag of faces scene away. No, you can't. But there's no explaining that away. Like, but okay, like the idea that this in particular, this setup is to punk Littlefinger, is not completely ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Anyway, Arya's like, "You sure you want to do this?" And Sansa's at the high table with uh, Bran, and Sansa yeah. says, "It's not what I want. It's what honor demands." Okay, what does honor have to do with this? Honor, honor, Joya. What, what is honor? a horse (laughs) yeah like it might as well be for all the sense this makes i mean like maybe like justice demands this but honor how because our the honor of their house demands that they bring justice to those who's she talking about ned i guess 
It's not it. It's what Audrey demands. Uh, but the lords are just like, okay, this is fine. Like, no one's having a reaction to this. I mean, you this. can't see very many of the lords because there's so many fucking guards. <laughs> They're, like, behind the guards. But, but then Sansa goes. Sansa has a lot of guards. <laughs> you are prepared. You, you stand accused of murder. You stand accused of treason. How do you plea? Lord. Lord Baelish. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Oh I have a question, God. though. Assuming yeah. that we're supposed to think to the very end of the sentence that it's Arya who's on trial, mm-hmm. how has Arya committed murder or treason? Like, in, like, are you talking about, like, well, she, are they going to charge her for the free pies? I think they're going to charge her for the bag of faces. I don't know what the treason is. And do they have, like, maybe the treason standing? is threatening Sansa? Maybe. <laughs> but, what? um, yeah. Whatever. This, this bait and switch was so, so shocking that Littlefinger actually peels himself off of Wall Spot. Yeah. Spot. <laughs> this is the best spot. It was keeping him so warm too. And then there's like this really smug look on Arya's face that Joya loves. Oh my no! Okay, this is like just I wanted to punch her in the face. This like it, and it was not like sexy Damon Sand smug face. It was just like annoying bratty smug face. I hated it so much. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the waif smug face from mm. last year, which is why like that we totally get so you, Honey Potters. Worse. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, she kind of looks a little surprised too, but I guess she's not because this was obviously rehearsed. Anyway, you think um, so? yeah, this was definitely rehearsed because she wouldn't have said like, "Are you, are you sure you want to do this? Get on with it then." Like, I don't, I don't think this was just to freak out Arya. I don't know. Um, like, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't think there's Arya probably thinks that she's badass enough honest. to fight her way out of this right now. Well, sure, and she's a feminist. Exactly. The girth so, of her empowerment when we get her out of this jam. Lord Baelish has a Carol nominee line <laughs> where he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, f- f- forgive me, Lady Sansa, I'm, I'm a bit confused. <laughs> so are we. So are we, yeah. little thinker. <laughs> We're all very confused. But basically, she she's like, well, you murdered our Aunt Liza. Yeah, I was like literally there. <laughs> I was literally there. Why and- I didn't tell the Baelords of this two years ago? Nobody knows, but I was literally there, and I'm finally Even playing last this card. Year I could have <sighs> literally, um, like any time, I could have done this and like not have gone on your stupid little field trip to Winter Hell. Oh my mm. god! Then uh, you also stand accused of like betraying our father, mm. and he's like, "You weren't there. Nobody could tell okay, you that." Like little thing, it goes from like cool to panicked in like ten seconds. He goes from cool to, like, Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. Yeah, no, seriously, like, dude, poker face. Yeah, and uh, Bran is like, you held a dagger up to his throat. I have spectral evidence. You said I told you you can't trust me. And all the lords are like, "Mm -hmm." Mm mm-hmm, this checks out. And then um, I'm pretty sure, oh, yeah, they they say the dagger was Littlefinger's Mm -hmm. that... For the cut, which is like, sorry, it's so not important. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not how it worked in the source material. No, in the books, it was jo- whatever. It just does not yeah. matter. That was not Littlefinger's dagger in the books. But that's Apparently, the story that he told Catelyn. Yeah, in the show, he's just so stupid that he gave a hired assassin his own Valyrian steel dagger. Yeah, that just managed to you know, start the war over because he says like, oh, it's not my experience. Yeah, okay, brilliant. Um 
And then and the source material he didn't send the <laughs> he didn't send the assassin after Bran at all. So. No, uh, no, which it made sense. I think is the implication of this scene that that he was the one who tried to kill Bran. Maybe hey, not. In the, I don't know, but I think, I think so. that's the implication of the scene. But I think maybe D and D didn't bother to reread like, like that point of the Storm of Swords. Yeah. Um, but hey, <laughs> whatever. Does Baelish even get a defense here? Well, he says, I, I, I have the right to a defense. And Sansa's like, yeah, sure. And then the first thing he does is like turn to Royce and say, like, I'm the Lord Protector of the Veil. Vale. Get me out of here. And Royce is like, nope. Yeah. So that well, was his. And then like, he's like begging on his knees for his life. That's his defense. Yeah, that's his defense. And then Arya slices his throat all like super cash. <laughs> Well, before that, Sansa goes, I'm a slow learner, it's true, but I learn. <sighs> okay, Sansa, sure. Um, so he got no defense, and Sansa didn't pass the sentence, and Arya just kills him. And now he's dead. And, and now he's cheers, dead. I guess. That was some trial. <laughs> that was some downfall. I guess, like, what you can say for this particular plot, quote-unquote, is that, like... <laughs> This actually is him being hoisted by his own petard. Because they tried to hoist Carol by her own petard, and that was completely unconvincing. No, Leonard Flanker actually was hoisted by his own petard. It's just mm-hmm. that, like, the Bane switch was just so egregious. Yeah. Yeah, it and was, I mean, because, like, yeah. Sansa legitimately thought Arya was going to kill her. There's yeah. no, I'm sorry, there's no other re- to read the, those well, no, The problem why this is egregious is that it requires this, like, off-screen conspiracy between the siblings that we've had absolutely no indication of until this point. Like, zero indication. It doesn't even have to be a conspiracy, but it was just, like, literally the f- crucial conversation that Sansa has with Bran. Although, here's my question. And with Arya, because they made up on off-screen, basically. Like, yeah, they reconciled off-screen. Yeah, why does this even resolve the issue with Arya thinking that Sansa's after Jon's seat? Is it, like, if she kills Littlefinger, then Arya will think well, that... Well, you presume that she's convinced Arya that all this conflict is uh, Littlefinger's fault. You know what it is? You know what it is? What? Yeah, that's what it is, because Arya was blaming her for the death of Ned, but no, it's really Littlefinger's fault. Because yeah. he was given those beans, and he had to trade away his cow for beans. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get that reference, but all right. Um, <laughs> no, but like, but like that's that would be like stupid if we were shown that, but we're not even shown that. So it's not even stupid. It's like, an like, asshole. yeah, like, like even if we were shown that, it would be like rolling our eyes. But this all happens off screen, and we're it supposed wasn't to just me kind at of like all. it was Lord Baelish. And, like, Bran, somehow, some, for some reason, he cares enough to get involved in this all of a sudden when he hasn't cared about anything? No. According to Benioff and Weiss, is Sansa, or maybe it was the director of this episode, I honestly can't remember, Sansa decides to go to Bran because she realizes he's a, quote, HGTV department. So Sansa is, I mean, like, like, really upset. Like, I mean, like, even some kind of, like, even some kind of, like, throwaway line about, like how she can also ask her brother for advice or something like that. Like, this is, like, anything. Like, like anything would have been better. Maybe a scene where Sansa is talking to Bran, like, I'm so worried about John, and Bran is like, oh, I can see that he's fine. Like, something that shows that he can, he can like, look if you want him to? Or, like, anything? Like, 
when they had when she's like thinking on the wall, like instead of going right to the trial, they could have a scene where like they all meet up at the heart tree or something. And like even if there's not even if there isn't like any like actual scene there, it's just like a half scene of them meeting. Like it would have been something. Julia. Like, Julia, anything. that's not as surprising. <laughs> okay, so so let's let's discuss whether or not being surprised is an end in itself in a narrative. I'll tell you what, we we can get to that in a second. We have literally three more scenes to describe and there are, one of them doesn't even matter to this plot line yeah, at all. But we just, just kind of mentioned it offhand because yeah, Bran is Sam in, yeah. yeah, Sam comes back to Winterhell and Bran is like super happy to see him. Um he like and Sam- maybe they think they filmed this scene first before what's his face the actor got the memo about how he's supposed to be a robot. Yeah. <laughs> um but actually I think one thing that is important to know is that Bran tells Sam pretty quickly John's parentage but there's absolutely no suggestion that he told that to Arya or Sansa. Yeah. So like he just assumes his sisters don't care. Yeah, because there's just cuz like they've said like oh John will be so happy to see you and stuff like that, right? Yeah, he was brought up in front of him. So yeah, so and he, he had the opening like, to yeah, be like, "I have something important to tell him." He 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 had the opening to be like, "He's not our brother; he's <laughs> our cousin." And he didn't. No. Um, but yeah, so then Bran and Sam exposit over top a really wonderful musical sequence that I can't wait to cover. <laughs> um, soon enough, my love. Soon enough. Then- <laughs> The next scene is the conclusion of the Winter Hell plotline, really. It's mm-hmm. Sansa and Arya after they've made up off screen. So whatever. Yeah. But, um. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So let's describe the scene first. Um, so they're, they're like chilling on the battlements, which is like their, the favorite spot of the start. Is this is like chill. worse than Korra chilling on the, like cliff faces in book one <laughs> of Legend of Coraline. This is just all they do is hang out there. Well, be that as it may. Yeah. Um, Arya is like, Oh, it's cool. Sansa, you're the lady of winter hell and you're strong in the real way. And I love you. And Sansa was like, Oh, I love you. You're super strong. I don't know. Well, what the hell was I going to say about this scene? What? No, because Arya's like, you're right. I couldn't have survived in what you did, like what you've gone through. And since it's like, no, you're the strongest person I've known. You would have. And Arya's like, oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said for And then Sansa me. said that she's still really weird. So you're still strange and annoying. Is that what you call <laughs> someone who's murdery? <laughs> that's an interesting adjective, Sansa. Well, you know, she's puckish. <laughs> I think they also make a reference to, like, you know, Dad always said, whoever passes the sentence must swing the sword. But, mm-hmm. like, Sansa didn't pass the sentence, and she certainly wasn't the one who swung the sword. So why did you even bring that up? Um, Because, it, like, every single scene has to have, like, a Ned reference now, I guess. That's the only reason I could think of. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the whole scene. It just ends on a nice note of them being, like... We don't always get along, but we're sisters. Wasn't that a sure crazy adventure that we went through? It's like, no, she threatened to cut off your face and wear it. And then the final scene, which I don't even know why I'm mentioning, it just involves Bran, yeah. is that he he's in a vision and he sees the army of the dead breaking through the wall. Yeah. And it's cool, I guess. So good job, Bran. You are you are fulfilling your role as an HGTV department admirably. God, I feel so bad for what they did to Bran's character. <laughs> anyway, it's over. It's over. 
what do we even fucking talk about? <sighs> well, let's like- talk about what we think they're trying to do with Arya. With Arya? Oh, yes. God. <sighs> Were we supposed to think she had a point? No, because, like, as I was harping on earlier, like, it feels like they had this whole plot line for her where, like, she's becoming no one and becoming distanced from her Stark identity. And it feels like they just kind of jettisoned that. Or, or like, they seem kind of confused as to, like, what, like, they're, like, zigzagging on it because they have this whole thing where she's just, like, you know, she kills Trant and that's reclaiming her Stark identity in a way. And the, that we decided that we think that's what the play was supposed to be about, even though it wasn't in any way. And no. then at the end of that season, she was like, oh, I'm going home. But the first thing she does is kill somebody on her list. And there's, there's obviously this kind of like, like she has to choose, like she has to choose at the crossroads. She chooses between her list and going home, right? Uh-huh. That's what she's doing. Yeah. It's like she's been doing that back and forth since, like, before she left Westeros. Uh-huh. And she's also going back and forth between being, like, a functioning human who's realizing the nuances of the situation she's in and enjoying Rabbit with Ed Sheeran. Yeah. And then that feral, disturbed, murdery child who can't make eye contact with Hot Pie. Well, let's touch on uh, that Ed, Se- Ed Sheeran scene. Uh, because people are going to expect us to talk about yeah. it for no other reason. Um Okay. What was its function supposed to be? Maisie Williams got to sit on the log with Ed Sheeran. <laughs> okay, but like what justification did they tell themselves so they could sleep at night for this scene? Maisie Williams was really excited to meet Ed Sheeran. <sighs> did they not realize how it completely undermined like everything in the rest of the season of the, for this character? They did not, no. Or, like, what had just happened with her murdering all the phrase? Like, does that mean it, it was supposed to put, like, a dark pall on that? Well, like, you can tell, like, they were trying to do this whole, like, you know, yeah, like like you said, the putting a human face on the enemy, and, like, she's, like, discovers that not all Lannisters are bad or something like that. Hashtag not all Lannisters. Exactly, but, like, it doesn't have an effect on her at all, first of all. No, it doesn't, because then she goes right into being weird around Hot Pie. Unless we're supposed to think the reason she turned around is because Ed Sheeran showed her the way. No, she turned around after the scene with Hot Pie. I know, but, like, did she make that decision because so, of Ed Sheeran? Is that what we're supposed to think? No, I don't I don't see that. I think it's just literally she found out John was in Winterfell and she wanted to turn around. Well, clearly, him. but, like, would she have made that decision if she hadn't met Ed Sheeran? Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't see Ed Sheeran's scene. Here's my question. If you removed Ed Sheeran's scene, would anything be lost in translation? No, not at all. In fact, things would probably be a little less muddied. I mean, I suppose you could argue that she would be even less motivated to turn around than she was. Okay. But it's John and her family. Which we're told that she's going home for. But she Uh also, like... I don't... But... Like, the whole thing is just, like, when Hot Pie says, like, I don't understand why you're not going to Winterfell. And she's like, why would I go there? Which, like, fine. So then why did she come back to Westeros at all? Well, her family's not there. Like, she just meant, like, there's nothing there for me. So why did she come back to Westeros? Because she's Arya Stark of Winterfell and she's going home. <laughs> Julia, she had but more But there's nothing there list. for her. 
There's names on her list in Westeros. So her list That's- is going home? Her list is her connection to her family. Okay. I think she was I think she was saying home in a more like like you you know, you live in Canada and you maybe go on a weird vacation to learn murdery ways in a different country. When you say going home maybe I mean you going go to, to play di- hockey? You maybe going to a different part of Canada, but like to play uh, As long as it's not Alberta. I think I think home could be a more general sense. Okay. Or, like, hey, maybe she wants to look for her family, but where does she even start? Well, that's unclear. She doesn't know, but she definitely knows. Wait, no, she would know that John would have been the Lord Commander. She would have known that, and it's just contrivance that she doesn't already know that he's King of the North before she gets to that place. But she really Like, nobody had- mentioned it in the two weeks she was at the Twins. They wanted to show that she was, I guess, in a, like, healthier mindset of, like, choosing Winterfell. Mm-hmm. But then... But Nymeria, then when she gets to Winterfell, she's a fucking weirdo. Also, even before that, she's going home to Winterhell, but Nymeria can't go with her because that's not you. But Nymeria represents her connection to the Starks. Like, I suppose you can say that Nymeria doesn't go with her because Arya is not herself. Do you think that works? I think it works as well as anything. And like when Arya's like, that's not you. That's kind of like her trying to convince herself that what she is now is a real, an actual reflection of herself. Okay. I just, I'm, I don't see this especially borne out in the narrative in any other spot. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we're trying to steel man this, right? We're trying to steel man this, but it just kind of seems like, hey, the mirror is still out there. Let's give her a scene. But we can't have her around because that's a CGI budget. Yeah, but I know. At what point are we being unfair? I don't know. Mm. At what point are we being too fair? Exactly. <laughs> the struggle is real. But then, and then, like you said, when she gets to Winterhouse, she's a complete weirdo yeah. who's like m- wants to kill her sister. Like, I guess the idea, because you get the feeling that D&D hang out on forums and, like, <laughs> are very into, like, hating Sansa and our super Arya stance. Yeah, well, so they're definitely Arya stance. There's kind of that, like, you know, part of the fandom that really, really, you know, obviously John and Arya were close with each other. Yeah. And there's people that really play that up while also being like, Sansa was so rude to her siblings, they don't like her. So... Which is not true. But um I guess their thought process was that Arya is so devoted to John, that's who she came home to see. Oh, but it's Sansa mm-hmm. running it like it makes sense she would be suspicious of Sansa on the grounds of John. And she is legitimately seeing Northern Lords who want Sansa over John and they're saying it pretty openly. But I'm not sure why this relationship had to be adversarial then. Like, why couldn't it have been Sansa and Arya against the Northern Lords? I mean, um, I know the answer to that question, but... <laughs> the answer is because Sansa's a bitch. Like, Cause, because they cause do eventually, gr- like, team up against Littlefinger. And I guess that's... Joya, <coughs> they didn't get along when they were 11 and 9. <coughs> so that dynamic's gonna follow them the rest of their life. Yeah, just like the people you date when you're... 14, you'll end up marrying and having kids with, right? What? The people you date when you're 14, you'll end up marrying, having kids with, save the world. Yeah, and average other last airbender. Yeah, that, that was the reference I was making, yes. 
Ah, okay, good. <laughs> good. Yeah, things are stagnant. I don't know. I mean, as a, as a woman, this was a horrible plotline to watch. I'll tell you that because it was also juxtaposed by all these like bros broing it up all over the place. Yeah. And you're like, why can't Arya and Sansa be nice to each other for two seconds? Or yeah, why like can't the, Arya be like nice to Sansa? Six, Sansa so was has, being like, perfectly fine. The gumbo was all about like bros being bros, except for that part where they laugh at Gendry for being sexually assaulted, which isn't a bro thing to do. Oh my so. god. A bro wouldn't get himself sexually assaulted, Kylie. But, like, Sansa, that's the other thing, too, is that Sansa is obviously, like, really loving and happy towards Mm. Arya. And And Arya's just. Oh, yeah. Like, this this plotline, from Sansa's point of view, is about her trying to be loyal to her siblings and and, family. Them just, like, not letting her. Yeah, like. Sansa is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Not not like the character, I mean the plot line. Because it's like <laughs> she's basically doing everything for John. Yeah. For season number two. And now. then like she's carrying like all the emotional baggage of this family right now. Yeah. And then John just like fucks off after being like, Oh, it sounds like you've learned a lot from Cersei. Or after you she like, her. you know, won him his crown for him. Yeah. Like 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 what like yeah she did everything like she saved she saved the family she saved him she's like she's given like you know Bran and Arya a safe place they could go after all their trauma yeah no i mean she was right when she told arya you should be on your knees thanking well, me i don't think it's a very nice thing to say to your sister no matter how like no but, yeah, but i mean in the context but, like you can't you can't blame her for being that frustrated no no, and in the context of Arya, like, literally saying she was treasonous, mm. and she was the reason Ned died. She's like, that's... treasonous for doing, like, exactly what John asked her to do. Yeah. And for having gone through hell and, mm. <laughs> like, to try and help her family, so she thought, and, well, you know, I mean... Yeah, let's assume the... that she had the best intentions. <laughs> there's no point judging of the Sansa marriage strike. Yeah. I mean, like, even... Even the season kind of, like, tries to put it, like, not really, they don't try to, like, strike it from the canon in any way, but they, they like, kind of acknowledge that that was clearly not well, <laughs> something was last anyone year, would it, think is a good move. It was last year where she was like, if you didn't know, yeah. you're an idiot. If you did know, you're my enemy to Littlefinger. And now this year it's just kind of, like, accepted, yeah, that was a terrible, stupid fucking plan. Because she throws that out to Peter at his child. She's like, you sold me to yeah. the Boltons. So it's just like we're kind of ignoring the fact that we're kind of ignoring she like, signed on like to the, it but too. like you know the uh, the elephant in the room there is why she would keep she would keep Littlefinger around this long the whole we need like we need his men thing is contradicted more than once while, with the Veilord saying that we came for you. Yep, it's dramatic satisfaction, Joya. That's the answer to yeah. that. So imagine I mean, how dramatically satisfying it would have been last season. If she like shows up at Mokalin and like rats him out, and then shows up at the Battle of the Bastards with the Veil vale Army herself, like imagine how generally satisfying that would have been. Like my heart breaks to think how cool that would have been. <laughs> the only thing, yeah, other than she withheld the information about the army from John. Well, so if she had gone to Mokalin, like what, what, like at the timeline oh, point where she point. meets him in the in the inn, then that problem would have disappeared too. Instead, they had to do that right, stupid that walking tour while she does is embarrass herself. <laughs> like, <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, her plotline this year is just basically like her siblings being horrible mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and her being perfect and committed to her house. And then she ends up just like throwing them sort of a symbolic bone in killing Littlefinger. Yeah. To appease her siblings. Yeah. So then she can keep doing exactly what I she mean, was doing at the start of the season. Is there something that Sansa thought at least she was getting out of that relationship that made her hesitant to get rid of him? Like, was she actually thinking that she was I mean, learning from him? He was like a sounding board for the grain stores conversations. No, like, I, I, I'm serious. Like, no, I mean, you're you're, you're calling because you, you just said that she threw her siblings a bone by killing him. So that, uh, like, kind of that I mean, implies that it was a concession on her, on her part. I don't, I don't know if it does. It's more just like it was an appeasing gesture because she's yeah, able to, to pin to, everything like, on them. That also implies that she's losing something by doing it. I mean, she does seem to rely on him for console in like two scenes here. Yeah, but then which, it's contradicting a bit contradicted what she said earlier. But like, she can she can is, say things that aren't true. Like, that's not necessarily a problem. <laughs> As long as it's like, I think being really, really generous is that being really generous is that she's still furious with this guy and she knows he's creepy too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because she knows what he wants. And she knows, she that knows he's exactly into her. what he wants because yeah. he told her what he wants. He told her about that vision board last year where he's on the Iron Throne and she's his queen. He told yeah. her that outright. But she was like, no, okay. However, what I have to think is that she does in some way value his advice. This is, this is a, the best rationalization, mm-hmm. guys. By the way, this is not, I don't but think. But the last time she followed his advice, she ended up in like a rape marriage. Like, why? Yeah, but that's Why true. would she think his advice is worth listening to? I don't know, but she is pissed and she would just say that she's like not interested in entertaining him. Mm-hmm. Um, pardon, right, doesn't Brandon say, like, why is he still alive? She says we need his men. Yeah. Maybe she does think, maybe she does think that, like, this is not the time to test the Vale Lord's loyalty to her. Okay. Because he has that been coalition building there. Like, just, you know what? I have this ace in my pocket, but it's easier not to play it. I know exactly what he wants, and I know not to give him anything. Like, it's not going to be that bad. Okay, that might work, actually. Sure. I mean, again, I don't... Do I think Benioff and Weiss consider this at all? No. No, I don't. You don't? No. No, I don't. I think they thought it would be dramatically satisfying to have Littlefinger die this season. Last season, it would have been too close together to Ramsay also dying, so... Yeah. You know, you have to save the big bad. He was the big bad this season, and they thought it would be the coolest if we didn't see it coming at all. So they... That's the real problem. Like, that's... That's the real, like, that's what broke this, clearly. Yes. Yeah, it did. And it was just so, like, <laughs> transparent. Like, one thing I could compare it to is the Filario 180. Yes. When she's, like, sobbing with Doran mm-hmm. and then being nice to Larry, and then the next scene she, like, like murders. Psych, yeah. you had faith in humanity for five seconds. But, like, in this case, Cause she was there isn't even the faith way. in humanity. I mean, like, no. I suppose you can argue that it's the opposite of that, like, Acedia scale-wise, because you gain faith in humanity, I guess. But it was just, again, it was mm-hmm. too transparent. There yeah. was nothing. It was a bait and switch where we, uh, Turtle wrote about this in, in her piece, where yeah. we were just meant to sympathize with Baelish instead of the Stark siblings, because we were the ones who were like, um, we're confused. Yeah. Why is this happening? Well, I think we were supposed to be amazed by Sansa's political savvy right okay sneaky, sneak savvy whatever what what political savvy her sneaky sneak savvy because oh, she learned God from the sake. best because clearly 
Littlefinger is the best because he monologues about it. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> it's Littlefinger. Yeah. Arya, do, we didn't need to see Arya's sneaky sneak assassin skills on display against Littlefinger and against Sansa. Like, those are not who I would have picked. You know? Who would you have picked? No, I'm just saying, like, if the whole point is to show this off because it's so cool, the targets, one of the targets is her sister who we like, and the other target is this kind of pathetic sycophant. Mm-hmm. So, not not the best. Hey, does Bran have any remote plotline to speak of? He's a three-eyed raven. It's difficult to explain. Mm, indeed. Like, he he can't emote, he can't love. Mira actually calls him out on it. Yeah. Robots cannot love. Yeah. Yeah, that's just bad. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I think... Is there a problem with trying to shock the audience? Not in principle, but there's a problem with this, clearly. It's not convincing. It's not elegant in any way. It's just, it's gratuitous. It's just like cheap. Yes, it is cheap. That's the best way to put it. Hmm. God, I mean, there's like, not that you know, much to say. I'm sorry, there's not. Like, I mean, it's what? like, if you base your entire narrative around that, that's a problem and that's clearly what they're doing. But like, just the idea of having a shocking plot twist is not the problem. I mean, like George R. R. Martin talks about it all the time, how like the best shocks are the ones that are obvious in hindsight, right? That like come mm-hmm. from the situation, the characters. And you're like, well, this you're shocked, but then you think about it, and you're like, that makes perfect sense. I mean, this was definitely obvious, mm-hmm. but not just in hindsight it's obvious because like why is little finger whipping out this dagger all of a sudden yeah i mean like the like exact circumstance wasn't obvious but as soon as he whipped out that dagger like every the entire night was like oh she's gonna kill it to him with the dagger he's gonna die that dagger <laughs> like everybody was it was like it was like the eyes of ollie again but like okay i still could accept them wanting little finger to have a shocking death this year mm-hmm but why have it be Arya being so unpleasant? Why couldn't it be? Why couldn't it be Arya and Sansa versus the Northern yeah. Lords? And maybe Peter's stoking that. Well, I suppose because just because conflict is necessary for all stories or something, right? <coughs> yes, conflict is necessary. But why couldn't it be the Northern Lords clashing with Arya and Sansa? Why did they have to be clashing with each other? Well, I think we both know the answer to that. Does it begin with an S and end with Xism? Yeah, and like the very, very, very clear pattern of all women are catty that they've maintained for seven years now. I hate chalking it up to that, mm. but I mean, there's just no- nothing about this plotline justifies itself. It it can't. It was just backwards shock pull writing. Yeah, well, I'm, I don't like the idea that there's nothing else to say about this plotline, but what else am I supposed to say? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other yeah. angle. I it guess was just so. it was just like I don't think we have to convince anyone that this was badly written because it's obvious from just watching it that this <laughs> oh, is oh, not dear. well written. Well, okay. The last thing I wanna wanna ask or wanna talk about Yes, love. Were we supposed to believe that Sansa was maybe after John's throne? And was she? I think that what Arya said that it's that thought that she can't quite get rid of. I think that works as well as anything. I think also any of us in that situation would have that thought. It's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. 
Because John's so fucking incompetent. And like when when a bunch of lords get together and offer you that job because they think you would be better at it, like considering it even subconsciously is kind of not at all unreasonable. Especially when she is the reason the Vale Lords came. And like considering the fact that which the narrative never acknowledges because I kind of think that they still don't quite get it. She has the strongest legal claim to that kingship. Well, Brown's right there, but... Yeah, well, it- yeah, well exactly. Well, at the point when she, when she was chosen. But, like, and they do kind of acknowledge that when she says to Bran, oh, you're the Lord of Winterfell. Yeah, that but they still don't acknowledge that. why that means she should have been queen, you know? Yeah. But, like, you know, the, like, those two things used to be inextricably linked, being the Lord of Winterfell and being King well, of the North. Well, King is now an elected position, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Poland. Okay. Um... But, like, I, like, I'm not, because, like, the, I, I think the problem with the two of us in this situation is that we think the only natural, like, the only reasonable position to be in in that dispute is on Sansa's side. And I don't think that the narrative agrees with us. No, the narrative thinks John's a great leader. <laughs> I don't know why. <sighs> Does it really? I mean, he marches his face into his stupid trap over and over again. He marches, not just himself, but his face. His face. He marches his face. He literally <laughs> went down to Dragonstone under the idea that only a king can talk to a queen. What, you don't find that convincing? Shockingly, no. <laughs> Sansa, I, I, I love too how Sansa was like, yeah, Brienne, I'm going to send you in my stead. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to go to King's Landing while Cersei controls it. Like, yes. I mean, Quay, let's consider that. Are we sure that we're supposed to think John is a great leader, considering that juxtaposition? I think so. We're supposed to be on We're supposed to think that she made the wrong decision by not going to King's Landing? No, we're supposed to want him to be king in the North. I'm sure of that. Because he marched his stupid face into a trap, and then Sansa rejected the same thing. Uh huh. I don't think they know what they're writing, Joya. So, no, but like, that can be resolved by the idea of we're supposed to think that was the wrong decision for Sansa to make. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I just don't think there was any weight given to that. I think we were supposed to not be happy with Sansa for that decision because she was mean to Brienne about it. Okay. But I think that's a separate issue to her sending an emissary. I think we're like, yeah, that makes sense. So why did it make sense for John? Because well, Cheryl is also a queen. Well, I guess generously Sansa wasn't trying to get anything out of that meeting. Yeah, okay. Um, She just wanted someone representing her interests. John wanted Dragonglass from Dragonstone. I hear there's Dragonglass on Dragonstone. He didn't bring any men to mind it, but he wanted it. I don't know, he like left Winterhell with like like ten dudes. They could have been. Davos and like a bud. Yeah, yeah. no, no, he had like guards and shit. They could have been the miners. Okay. They didn't, because he asked Danny for men later, but we'll get to that. Okay. Is there anything else to talk about? We can play Checklist or Aspel, but honestly, this is so off the rails. I don't think we can. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we can play, like, what do you think will be those, oh, so that's what this was based on moments. That's where they got this. I don't know. I I mean, Littlefinger's going to die. Obviously. Do you think Sansa's going to be responsible for his death? Yeah, I do. I think that would make sense, but... 
Doesn't mean it's going to well, happen. Well, you know, she slays a giant, so. That's true. And his sigil is Titan. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think, I think I mean, she has to be. That would work, but there's, I think there's several other possibilities there too, including that, sure. like, that's already been filled by the stupid little doll. Right? So. It's possible. it's possible. I don't like that one as well. No, I mean, yeah. I I kind of have no horse in that race, so. Um, <laughs> um, I honestly don't think Sansa and Arya would be antagonistic like this when they meet each other. No, again. I definitely don't think that. Uh, I could see Sansa and Jon being in conflict over claims. Not in, not in this way, mm-hmm. but with Will stuff. Yeah. Which they completely kind of jettison here. Which I think yeah. they might have regretted because that would have made so many things easier. Yep. Or maybe they don't have the self-awareness to regret it. Who knows? Um, but, okay, one more thing I do want to talk about is Bran. Okay. Why is he a robot? Because he has all the cosmic knowledge and it it weighs in the same way that Jojen was little grandfather. Okay. And so can we just chalk up that whole discontinuity with last season to they don't plan ahead? Yes. Yes, we can. Mm. I think we have to because otherwise there is an off-screen info dump that he went through (laughs) that we didn't know about. Yeah. I mean, like, because I think I mentioned this even earlier in this podcast – like the whole idea that like he spent too long under the sea and that's why he's he's this way, which like sure that just wasn't an evidence last yeah, year. Yeah, well, Max von Snowden had a more balanced approach to being the Three Eyed Raven that he didn't have time to teach him. Well, this one picks up right then there though, so mm-hmm. I don't. I honestly, it's just the baby crossfade like fried his brain. <laughs> <laughs> no, because because like. Like, you could assume, I suppose, that, like, if he had, like, years and years to train, that he would be able to, he would be able to integrate all of these memories and experiences while maintaining his own sense of self. I don't know. None of this works for me. This isn't brand to me. Like, I could see him being a little bit detached from the here and now, but I can't see him having, like, an inability to emote. I think the whole this isn't brand is a feature, not a bug. Oh, right, because Mira says he died in that cave. But again, like the timeline thing and then how he was acting last season sort of contradicts all that. Yeah, but we decided to dismiss that because they don't plan ahead. Okay, so, yep, his character, this is his character now. (laughs) But, like, do you you find the reasons for his character being that way in any way convincing? No. No? I don't. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't, like, I don't. It makes an odd kind of sense. Brendan was a weird dude. I don't know. I think Brendan was a weird dude when Bran met him, but he yeah. was still, like, a person. Exactly, but that's because he had a more well-balanced approach. And sure. since he was a thousand years old, he's had time to, like, integrate all of this. But Bran just kind of I, had it all dumped on him. Like, he spent too long under the sea. I just don't see so that he's lost actually himself. being a th- I don't see that being a thing that would happen in the books. I'm not talking about sense. the books right now. I know, but I'm saying, like, for the show... Mm-hmm. <sighs> There's just no evidence of this or like we don't get anything suggesting this. He was perfectly fine last season and now this season he's a robot. Yeah. But he wasn't the three-eyed raven last season. He became the three-eyed raven after seeing the baby crossfade. <laughs> That's when he turned into a robot. Yeah. Okay. We're talking in circles. Um, we're talking in circles. So we're just going to go, especially because we're at like two and a half hours. So I don't know where I'm going to cut this. Oh man. We're the best. 
I can't wait till we talk about Sam's poop slopping scene for like 50 minutes. <sighs> All right. So you guys, mm. that was <laughs> winter hell. Um, we will have wrapped up our analysis in a much more coherent and cogent, ho- I hope, form. One hopes, yes. So we will link those. Uh, but hopefully you enjoyed these conversations that we had because we're going to be doing three others of them yeah. to get through season seven. The great thing is that 2018 is season eight free. Hooray! 20, it's 2019 that's Game of Thrones Returns. So we're going to be able to space these out and hopefully have other episodes that are like A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, by the time Game of Thrones is finished, Oprah would have won the Democratic nomination for president. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about Oprah. I don't think she's going to run. And if she does, Trump will beat her. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. You're dead wrong about that. Oprah would win handily. Not even a question. Not even a question. Okay. Should she run? Probably not. But of she would she win. Of course she shouldn't run. She's a random celebrity. Haven't we learned the lesson about random celebrities running for president yet? Dude, Oprah would crush him. I'm not even kidding. But that's so However, stupid. Of course it's stupid. And it sounds like a movie. And I'm pretty sure it is a movie. <sighs> yeah, King Ralph. <laughs> That's guys, that's what the news is, the Golden Globes for this week, so that's why we're reacting to it. No, there's but just like a woman the at about- the gym who was like, Yeah, it would be so cool and I was like So cool is not like a political platform. No, you Canadians. <sighs> I'm really anyway, excited about it. Well, there's no reason to be because I think it's gonna be moot because if you're a very, very, very know, popular person serious. in America. I mean like even five years ago when, like, you know, people would hold up signs that said, like, you know, Babe Ruth for president or whatever. And now people mm-hmm. take those signs seriously? Babe, it is a long way to go to 2020. It's a long way to go No, I'm not talking us. about – I'm talking about the fact that people are actually entertaining this as a serious consideration. Uh, it really upsets me. Anyway, we got off on a weird little tangent there, but that was Unabashed Book Snobbery. If you enjoyed listening to us, I'm sure this is going to be two podcast episodes, so if you enjoyed these past two podcast episodes, be sure to subscribe to our feed, recommend us to friends, and review us so we can be found. Yes. If you did not like us, uh, well, then you can keep your stupid comments in your pocket. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, uh, continue to check out the fundamentals.com. That's where you're going to see the retrospectives first. So the one in the pipeline after this one, are we doing Dragonstone next? I, we haven't decided whether we're getting Dragonstone or Shira's Landing, I don't think, next. Uh, I don't, I don't know. They're both equally terrible. <laughs> and they both kind of equally black into each other, right? Yeah, it's going to be a hot fucking mess. Yeah. So we will decide one of those two. I know we're saving Bran. Bran. Oh my god, Sam. Sam. It's so we can call it Uh, Fuck the Shit I'm Out. (laughs) Fuck the Shit I'm Out. And on that note, Fuck the Shit, we're out. We're going to Thank you so much for listening to us. Yep. (laughs) We will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.
shot. I had to go up there and get my one arrow and walk back and shoot it again. I wasn't very good. Finally, I hit the bullseye. Could have been the 20th shot or the 50th, I don't remember. But I hit the bullseye and I heard this. <laughs> 